5 Minutes with Phil, a daily devotion for people on the go. Brought to you by Tabor Church. Welcome back to the podcast. This is 5 Minutes with Phil. All right, so uh, this morning as I was out on the interwebs trying to find someone else's daily readings for Lent, and guess what? I mean, the Catholics have a ton of sites to be able to do daily readings for Lent. Now you'd say, well, you know, they, you know, they, they, they have big numbers, like sure, you know, there's lots of people who are Catholic. Um, so apparently... They have some time, as they don't also, the, the priests, and they don't have kids, they don't have families, um, so they just have their churches. Yeah, so that could be a re- no, I don't know what it is, but they've got a ton of sites. But they're going to, they, uh, one of the places that I landed was, you know, I don't know, it was a Catholic church, but uh, they're reading for today, and I was just taking the readings, not taking anybody's theology. And uh, and here's the, the the reading for today. It's Matthew chapter 21, um, starting with verse 33. Now listen to another story. A certain landowner planted a vineyard, built a wall around it, dug a pit for pressing out grape juice, and built a lookout tower. Then he leased the vineyard to tenant farmers and moved to another country. At the time of the grape harvest, he sent his servants to collect his share of the crop. But the farmers grabbed his servants, beat one, killed one, and stoned the other. So the landowner sent a larger group of his servants to collect for him, but the results were the same. Finally, the owner sent his son, thinking, surely they will respect my son. But when the tenant farmers saw his son coming, they said to one another, here comes the heir to this estate. Come on, let's kill him and take the estate for ourselves. So they grabbed him, dragged him out of the vineyard, and murdered him. When the owner of the vineyard returns, Jesus asked, what do you think he's going to do to those farmers? The religious leaders replied, He will put the wicked men to a horrible death and lease the vineyard to others who will give him his share of the crop after each harvest. Then Jesus asked them, Didn't you ever read the scriptures? The stone the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it's wonderful to see. Now I uh, just used this passage if you are uh, a Tabor church uh, person, and you were in church a few weeks ago, uh, we actually talked about this passage and, and, and extensively uh, like kind of zeroed in on the cornerstone part, because there's many times that we can look at the, the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, and we really kind of put them off into their own camp, and we're like, yeah, those are bad guys. We're the good guys. And we try to justify ourselves uh, being good, right, and holy, and at the same time rejecting all of these other people who have done poorly. Now, this whole parable, I mean, you, 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 if you didn't have a ton of knowledge about how to be able to read parables, I think most people would get this one. So Jesus is talking about God, right? So God is always usually, you know, the the key character, and uh, and he owns the whole thing, and he's like, and so he says, hey, I'm gonna, you know, and and so the the person that he uses, he calls the 
you know, the Israelites, the Jews, however you want to put it. He calls Abraham, you know, makes the covenant with God's people, puts them there to be able to manage it all. But we know that the process of Israel was up and down. It, you know, is it was it was it was a bad time, you know, in, in some of those years to be a, a Jew or an Israelite. Now, as they were taking care of things as they were supposed to, um, it says that, you know, God would send people to come and reap the harvest, right? Hey, so pay me the wages, give me the things that are happening here, and they didn't listen to them. They dragged them out, um, you know, so there's all kinds of stuff, and, and these are the prophets. So the prophets and the priests, they came, they tried to be able to minister and do their job, but they were rejected and often murdered. Now, the tenant, the landowner, um, the landowner's like, hey, like, let's send my son. They surely will respect my son like this is my son. And they said, ah, there's the heir. Let's beat him, kill him, murder him. And this is the motive now what's happening with Jesus. This is a good reading for Lent because you start to be able to see a lot of the things kind of unraveling with uh, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. They are continuing to be used sometimes as object lessons, sometimes in discussions, and Jesus is telling them, like, you're taking people the, you know, a, a poor direction. Like, you are speaking things that you're not willing to be able to follow through with, right? And they... Even at the end of this, they're like the Pharisees, you know, heard this, realized the story was against them, that they were the wicked farmers, and they wanted to arrest, and eventually, hopefully, they also wanted Jesus dead. So they're already fulfilling, I mean, it's it's kind of funny, they're fulfilling exactly what's in the parable. So Jesus is telling a parable that he's saying the son comes, and they want to murder the son. And now these guys at the end of this story want to murder the son. <laughs> so it's really easy, as I mentioned in the beginning, to really like put the screws to these uh, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, like they're ultimately fulfilling exactly what Jesus is saying. Like these are bad people. But how many times have we rejected Jesus? How many times have we tried to be able to put our own way before Jesus? So Jesus tells us how to live, right? Jesus tells us what, you know, what a, a, that good life is, is all about. Jesus tells us all of this stuff, but what do we do with it? We're like, well, let me filter. Let me decide what's good and what's right, and then let's see what comes out of this. You know, there's so many times that as we see Jesus, and he's called the cornerstone here, that the cornerstone, and we don't use it in building anymore, I, mean, I think we've gone over this before, but the, the cornerstone was important. It was the, the basis for making sure that the rest of the structure would be maintained, like on, it would be level, it would be solid. So if the cornerstone is crooked or off, then the building's going to be crooked or off. And Jesus should stand as our moral um, guideline, right? So everything should be, let's base it on Jesus. What does Jesus have to say? 
What is Jesus telling me that I should be doing or not be doing? You know, how should I live? Now, a lot of this can be parts of discussion. I'm not saying that there's always a black and white answer to everything. Um, But what I am saying is that there are moments that we don't even consider what Jesus has to say. That we're saying, you know what, Jesus, like, I don't need that more. Like, I'm going to try to be able to, you know, figure this whole moral thing out. And then what happens? Like, we're really moral one day, or maybe we start down the slippery slope, and it's like, well, that's not so bad. I'll receive it. Not so bad, you know, and then we just continue to further slide. Jesus needs to be our cornerstone. If we've rejected this cornerstone, our structure is going to be off. So I want you to consider today, this weekend, what it means to have Jesus as your cornerstone and to be able to find the ways that you have rejected Jesus, to be able to lay that down, turn back to God, receive grace, receive forgiveness. All right, we're going to end there for this week. We'll be back again next week with uh, you know, some more Lenten journey stories. All right, everybody, take care. <laughs>